This is the October 27th Bible reading from the One Year Bible for Kids. From the book of Acts in the Holy Bible, chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. Paul and Silas went first to Derby and then on to Lystra. There they met Timothy, a young disciple whose mother was a Jewish believer, but whose father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, explaining the decision regarding the commandments that were to be obeyed, as decided by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew daily in numbers. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had told them not to go into the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed for the province of Bithynia, but again the Spirit of Jesus did not let them go. So instead they went on through Mysia to the city of Troas. That night Paul had a vision. He saw a man from Macedonia in northern Greece pleading with him, Come over here and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, for we could only conclude that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank, where we supposed that some people met for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had come together. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with other members of her household, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree with that I'm faithful to the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we did. The commentary says, through a vision, God instructed Paul to go to Macedonia. There he met some people with whom he shared the good news of Jesus Christ. Because Paul was obedient to the Holy Spirit's direction, more people were saved and the message of Jesus Christ spread. Following the Holy Spirit's direction is important. When we follow his guidance, we will be used by him in ways we can't even imagine. John 16:13 answers the question, what does the Holy Spirit do in the life of a Christian? When the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not be presenting his own ideas. He will be telling you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. John 16:13. Voices in the night. One evening, Tree Frog hopped across the forest floor, jumping to catch insects that flew or walked near him. From the pond, he heard the call of pe- the calling of peepers, eep, 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 and the cricket frogs, eek, 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 eek. The chorus was smaller now than it had been in early spring. Tree Frog paid no attention as he climbed trees and bushes to find other insects. Then he heard a new call, loud and sudden, a loud and sudden trill from a nearby tree. It sounds something like the chattering of an alarmed squirrel, but it was the voice of another male tree frog like himself. Again, the voice suddenly trilled out of the darkness. Tree Frog called back in the same loud trill. To make his voice so loud, he breathed in deeply and forced air from his lungs through openings in the bottom of his mouth. 
The air filled the loose, dark skin under his chin and blew it out into a round bubble so big it nearly hid his creamy-colored belly. The bubble made his voice louder the same way that the sound box of a fiddle enlarges the sound of the strings. A fiddle means a violin, remember, kids? He kept his mouth closed as the sound swelled. Eh, 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 eh. Tree Frog trilled a dozen times quickly. I think that's what Mimi has been hearing near the woods. I'll have to go back and see if I can hear it again. The bubble trembled each time and his body shook with the effort of making the sound while his finger and toe pads held tightly to the bark. When he finished calling, the air left the bubble and the skin hung loosely under his chin. The forest was quiet. At a whippoorwill cry from the pasture, the pond was also was quiet also for a moment. Then the chorus began again. A second tree frog called from another tree, and a third, eh, 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 tree frog answered. So did the other tree frogs. An owl hooted, and they became silent. Then tree frog hopped farther along in his part of the, his part of the forest, hunting for food again. One afternoon, when big raindrops splashed on his warty skin, Tree Frog called several times. From trees all through the forest, other male free tree frogs answered. The rain soaked the forest and the pasture and ran into the pond. That night, many of these males hopped through the warm, wet forest, looking for pools of water to which, to which they could call mates. Some found the pond. From there, they trilled loudly, more and more often. Although some cricket frogs and spring peepers were still singing at the pond, most of the voices in the chorus were those of these common tree frogs. More and more males arrived from the forest and added their loud trilling. The chorus grew louder and louder. Away in the forest, tree frog heard it. He too was ready to find a mate. He began hopping toward the pond. Danger on the way. By his short hops, tree frog traveled along under the trees in the rain out of his hunting grounds he stopped from time to time to call and to rest then he hopped on toward the pond chorus nearby in the darkness he heard other tree frogs hopping and calling he hopped all night out of the forest across the pasture toward the pond voices but in the morning when the rain stopped and the sun came up the voices became silent tree frog no longer knew which way to hop he climbed onto a wall at the edge of the pasture and rested on moss-covered stone. As the sun dried him, his color changed to a bright green. His star nearly disappeared. Remember the star marking? He looked like a bit of the green moss, and he sparkled in the sunlight. That afternoon, rain clouds covered the sun. As the first drops began to fall, tree frog's skin slowly changed to dark gray, and the star came back between his shoulders. He looked like the wet stones of the wall. The rain made the frogs at the pond sing again. Now a tree frog knew where to hop. He started along the stone wall toward the pond. Another tree frog was hopping that way too. Ahead, tree frog saw something to eat. It looked like a wriggly yellow worm, fat and twisty on the wall. He wanted it, but the other frog had seen the worm first and hopped close to it. The other frog started to eat the worm, but that was a terrible mistake. The worm wasn't a worm at all. It was a young copperhead snake. It held the twisted yellow tip of its tail up, and to the, fro to the frogs, that looked like a tasty worm. Uh-oh, it tricked the frogs, didn't it? The snake bit the other frog, and the frog 
opened his mouth, mouth and cried shrilly. Tree Frog jumped in fright at this sharp danger cry and hopped off the wall. It took the bitten frog a long time to die. Then the young snake ate him. By the time Tree Frog was gone, hopping by that time Tree Frog was gone, hopping toward the pond calls again. So he escaped a young copperhead. The pond chorus. By nightfall, Tree Frog reached the pond. He crawled out on a branch above the water. All around him, the blow up, blown up throat bubbles of hundreds and hundreds of tree frogs swelled and shook as they called the females. Tree Frog began calling too, louder and longer than he ever had in the forest. <laughs> the frogs filled the night with a great chorus of hundreds and hundreds of voices. Their strong calls chattered one into the other without stopping. The fast, high squeaking of the peepers pierced this mighty chorus, and the low, even chirping of the cricket frogs beat an even rhythm across the other sounds. The common tree frog females in the forest heard the chorus of their males. They did not answer, but began hopping toward the pond. Eh, 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 tree frog sang out from his branch. Eh, 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 eh. Mimi will have to put a real uh, recording of a tree frog on here because I'm pretty sure I don't do it just like them, huh? A female crawled out on the branch toward the sound of his voice. She was lighter in color and larger than he, but part of her size was due to the hundreds of eggs inside her. Tree frog kept calling until she came up to him, then he scrambled on her back and held tightly to her fat body. They dropped into the water together. There she laid a batch of tiny brown and cream-colored eggs. Tree frog spread a pale liquid on them from his vent. His mate swam a few strokes and laid another batch of eggs. Tree Frog spread liquid on these too. By morning, his mate had laid over a thousand eggs in batches of about 30 to 40. Her body was empty and their mating was over. Both frogs went back into the forest. They never knew what happened to the eggs after that. <laughs>